Hello everybody, my name is Morgan Charlton and you are listening to The Morgan Show powered by Studio Free, the podcast where everybody is heard, everybody is valued and everyone is part of the conversation. I am super duper excited to introduce my guest today. He is social media influencer, Mrs. Elliot Wright. How are you doing, darling? Oh, hello everyone. Hello, Morgan. I'm doing amazing. I'm feeling strong, mighty and powerful. Independent woman today. Independent woman today. How's your day been so far? Do you know what? We've had a bit of issues. We've had some troubles today. You were telling me, what's the thesis? What happened? So this morning we had to get the nails done in Lewisham. I get a they are bit, looking cute. Thank honey. Look, these are long. These are longer than your man. <laughs> so, so we had to go get the nails done in Lewisham. I love Lewisham, but it's a bit too hood for me. You know, walking in with the Fendi jacket, the Yeezys and the Gucci socks is a bit dangerous. She's a designer queen. Honey, amen. I'm dripping in sauce. But the <laughs> issue is I'm screaming, mug me. I'm screaming, mug me. And honey, whether we've got a lot of crime in there, I get very petrified. Yeah. So obviously my phone is not working. So I've been trying to ring, trying to ring. I finished then an appointment. I'm stranded in Lewisham. I don't know where the station is. So I felt like I was in the ancient era. I was having to ask people how you get from the station to here, to there, to there and everywhere. I got lost about five times. I nearly got, I thought I was going to get kidnapped. But, you know, we made it. We are here. <laughs> we are in the den. <laughs> I love it. It's such a drama. I love it. Amen, baby. Um, so we've got so much to talk about. Yes. But I think we should start off like from the beginning and yeah. then we can work our way there. I love So that. like, what was it like for you to, growing up? Because obviously I feel like we can relate mm. being both, we're both gay if you couldn't tell. <laughs> yes, um, darling. <laughs> um, so what was it like for you growing up? Did you deal with hate? Like what was, what, what's that storyline like? My upbringing was amazing. I just want to get a camera up there. By any, when my parents listen, when anyone listens, I had the best parents. So Throughout when I'm talking, I don't want people to think, oh my God, his parents, this is this. Had the most supportive parents and families. Um, well, family, gosh. But b- when you're raised, I was raised in a very straight household. Yeah. Boys had to play football, especially being the first boy. Your dad's like, oh my God, like he's going to do football. He's going to do this. Yeah, yeah. So it was very like, I was brought up in a very straight household. Um, then I went to primary school and I mean, reception and... That's when I think you start developing yourself. You start becoming who you are, finding your individuality. And I remember I would, like, my mum, well, my mum says to me, I don't remember, but she always says to me, like, I would hang around with the girls. If I would sit in a group, like, you'd have the boys and the girls, I wouldn't want to go with the boys. Although, yeah. like, nursery would be like, oh, don't play with the boys, play with the boys. Because that's just a normal thing. They haven't really had a child like me who wants to go play with the dolls, who wants to play with the girls, who wants to sit with the girls. Um, so I think my, my parents were really supportive of it. I don't think they ever, they never pushed me down, um, but they didn't really know how to do it. Like there's no one in my family. I'm from, my mum's side of the family is very religious. So I'm from quite a religious side of the family. Yeah. And then my dad's side is very masculine, like mm-hmm. brought up in Bermondsey. They grew up in council states, really like manly masculine. Um, so then I remember I was going through and I remember people would still pick on me in nursery because the girls would be like, no, you can't hang out with us. We're going to do hopscotch. You go play with the soldiers. Ugh. Like all of that. Lady, daddy, do. Yeah. Um, and then I remember I was then in primary, primary school and that's when the bullying happens. But when you hit primary school, the teachers don't know how to deal with it. Like I said, they haven't really had someone like me or they have, but as far as I'm aware of, I don't know anyone who's as open as me and as openly gay in my area. 
for me to know if they have had someone like me. Yeah. And there was these, there was these two. I'm gonna let them out. There was these two rats. These two twins. <laughs> they, they, if they can listen to this, honey, look where I am now. Look where you are. Um, and they would really, they would pick on me, pick on me, pick on me. And I was very lucky because I was from a very protective family. Like my cousins would stick up for coven cousins. And we would all stick up for each other. And I've always been the odd one out of the family. Yeah. But that still doesn't mean they never stood up for me. And I remember going through primary school and I would cry a lot and I would try and hang with the girls. And you know when you just don't fit in with the boys, you don't fit in with the girls. So much when you're a young, like, gay child. There's so I, much going yeah, on. Yeah, so head. much going on that it starts to bring on mental health. It starts to bring on insecurities. And I was very insecure. And I remember... My mum would always go into school being like, Elliot's getting picked on. The school would do nothing. They would say they would, but it would be like, it would be like, oh, oh, uh, do you know what, let's, yeah, I'm actually going to say her name because she doesn't deserve the clout. But <laughs> she, she like, like the teachers would always be like, um, oh yeah, no, like, like okay, we put her, we give her, that's it, we have the green and red cards. Did you have them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had them. She'd be like, okay, we give her, we won't give her an orange card, we let her off. So she never got in trouble. It would be like a chance and chance. And this happened for about six, well, to about reception. So to year six, that's seven years, isn't it? Yeah. And um, I remember I would always do the plays and I would always do dancing. And my mum would always be like, okay, I would always want to do dance. I remember my dad used to take me to football and I would cry in the car. I didn't want to do football. And one day my mum and her friends were like, women and women, when they're with women, they're very open. Uh-huh. They're very like, okay, yeah, I've got... Like they all, let's face it, they all knew I was gay. Like it's, it was a very gay child. <laughs> but, and like, I remember my mum's friends would be like, okay, just let him do dance. And yeah. I remember I went and I loved it. I was a really big child. So I remember I always used to comfort eat. So my biggest issue when I was getting bullied was food. I felt like, although my mum would help me, um, she would always like go into school and try and sort things out. And so would my dad. Um, they would, I felt like they wasn't doing anything. Although they were, but it was out of their power. They're not going to take me out of a school because I didn't think the bullying was bad. Although it is looking back at it, but you In don't really, moment, know, yeah. yeah, you don't really know what bullying is when you're that young. Um, and then we, I remember we then went into secondary school, and that's when it started. And I would people were picking on me and saying things, but I was quite a, I want to say popular kid, but I wasn't really. And oh my god, that's one thing. I've got a best friend called Sweetie. And I remember it was in year six. Her na- is her name Sweetie? No, her name's Mia. But I call her Sweets. <laughs> Basically, I make n- n- nicknames for everyone. But let's give you a nickname now. Don't what should we call me. you? I call everyone Susan, but Susan's old. Susan is gross. Yeah, she- but honey, they're going to be gross. Except Sweetie. Sweetie, she's a princess. All right. Let's give you Chrisandra or Chrissy. Chrissy for sure. Let's do Chrissy. Chrissy's cute. Chrissy. Okay, we don't want it to be. Okay, we'll just give you Chris. Crystal. Chrissy. Chris. Cuckoo. Crow. Let's give you Chrissy. Cuckoo. Chrissy for sure. Chrissy. Yeah, let's do Chrissy. All right, cool. Okay, Chrissy, that's it. I'll probably forget and I'll change. I'm going to change the podcast name to The Chrissy Show. Oh my God, please. Oh my God, (laughs) yes. No, but that was what I was going to say. I remember in year six, I then had a, my best friend called Sweets, um, aka Mia. Nobody can call her Sweetie. She would get very offended. Only I can do it. And um, I was was trying to play, um, I don't know what it was, I was trying to play with the girls. It was, what's it called? Skip him. Skip him ropes. Double Dutch, that's it. And um, and all the girls were like, no, you can't play with us. We're girls, we're girls. And obviously I had that all the way through school. Um, and then one day she was like, Mia, who I used to fancy in prime, in um, nursery, 
her parents actually went into nursery and said that Elliot keeps touching Mia. I kept touching her face and stuff. It was something like that. But now, so she's avoided me the whole time through school. But then just a lot, in year six, I remember like the last five months, she was like, we just, we've avoided each other. But then we came together. And she, I remember she said to one of the girls, she was like, no, he can play. He can play with us. And the girls didn't let. So she, I remember she left and she came and played with me. And then ever since then, we've been BFFs. It's like the same thing with me because like I had a girlfriend in year seven yeah. for like a year. And then afterwards, like, obviously, I came out as gay. Amen, baby. I've had all the girlfriends, <laughs> the cats, the dogs. We've had everything. But it's the same thing. Like, I'm really close with her now. Yeah. How amazing. And it was, I used to find, oh, this was back in my straight days, I think. I'm really confused. <laughs> but yeah, and then going back to it, I don't want to keep blubbing on. But then we then went into secondary school. And by then, I was about a 13, 14 stone child. Um, if none wow. of you know what I look like, I'm six foot one, very big, hairy Greek boy. I'm all the bad things that you could have going into secondary school. I was fat, hairy, orange, because I always used to wear fake tan. I don't get how any of my friends just let me out like that. Orange, Greek and gay. I was one of the five things that society would say are negative things. Yeah. So I went into secondary school and this is when the bullying starts, the pushing, the pulling. And I remember for the, about three years, I didn't tell anyone mm -hmm. even sweetie didn't know because when i would tell sweetie she would be the one to defend me she would she would because i know there's i don't want to talk about her family life at all but bullying to her is very very personal and she's never been bullied because she's learned how to hold her back and i remember i didn't want to tell her because you don't want to make a scene yeah and she would go and attack them yeah and i remember i couldn't tell my dad because my dad's always he's like i said he's very masculine he's always been like um punch him i give you the permission to punch the boy yeah, yeah. punch him like do it do it and all my family have always they're very aggressive they've been like just punch him do it do it and i've gone no that's not me i've gone yeah i will i will but i'm like i really won't and it's just that's just not me i, don't, I i'm not a physical like person. Aggressive person yeah I'm, that's not my mentality and my mum and then my mum would be the other and she'll go into the school but that never works because then you get called a grass and a snake if mm -hmm. you start getting your mum involved and i think when you tell teachers about you're getting bullied I think this is where the problem will start. It will get worse. And that's what I think everyone's scared of. You don't want to tell your family, you don't want to tell the school that you're getting bullied because the consequence, Then let's face it, they're not going to kick a boy out or a yeah. girl out for bullying. They're not going to do that. So then you've got to live with that person and everyone knowing, and it's always going to be the popular kid. So then I was in about year... Um, seven, eight, nine. I was in about year... No, it was in year eight when the bullying was atrocious, horrendous. I remember I used to change the way I would go home from school um, and it was really bad. And then one day I went home and I had a meltdown. I had the biggest meltdown and everyone was like, what's going on? And it just... It's because you'd like kept it yeah. in so much. And this was like... my thing. Like, I'm a Pisces. I'm quite emotional. Yeah. My birthday, guys, is very soon. 14th <laughs> of March. Um, and I remember I was just so... Oh, these shoes are really cute, you know. Thanks. I really like They're my them. my smart shoes. Wow, classy, honey. We have seven looks. Uh, uh. Sorry, getting back onto it. <laughs> but yeah, no. And then I just had a meltdown and my family were like, what's going on? And I told them and they were like, we're not having it. And um, then everything came out about me being really mentally unstable. Because I remember we then tried to sort it out with the school. And then one day I was in school about, it was just the beginning of year nine now. And I collapsed in the science. Um, Spanish exam. Wow. And it's because I haven't eaten. Because where I've been called, I'm being fat, fat, fat. I got called in fat and gay. 
you don't want to eat. So I was like, I want to be slim. And how can I be slim? I've tried every diet. I've tried to do this. I've tried to do that. How can I be slim? So I remember I wasn't eating and I was throwing up. I was really badly bulimic. But obviously, we're not educated in the secondary school to know what bulimia is. I didn't know that was. I thought maybe a lot of people do it. They just throw up their food. So then um, I, it all just came out. I got taken to the hospital and you're not going to lie to a hospital. Like, you've got to let it out in yeah. case there is an underlying issue. And then I was really badly, severely bulimic. I couldn't, I didn't want to go into school. Um, and I really suffered from it. And I remember I was then put into the Mosley. Um, but I think my eating disorder, I don't know if I've already said it, but it came from my, the thing is, the thing that saved me is the thing that was killing me. So the my food, the food was making me fat. The food was getting me bullied. It was making me how I am. But it was the thing that was saving me. It was my comfort. I would go to the food and would eat and eat it and I would feel so comfortable. But that was the thing that was causing the bullying. Yeah. It's just a comfort thing. Like I know people smoke. Like My dad was a smoker. People drink. People self-harm. Mine was bulimia, which is a form of self-harm. And people are like, you don't... Like, whenever people go to me, oh, do you self-harm? I'm like, no, but I used to. And they're like, what? And they look at my wrist and I'm like, no, it's not there. You can self-harm for everything. Yeah. You could say being an alcoholic, you're, you are self-harming. Smoking is practically self-harming. You're gradually giving yourself, I want to say a death sentence, which is true. Although some people touch wood, you're lucky. Um, it's, it's more just like in those situations, because I think I can really relate to you. It's mm. more, it's like you find a coping mechanism to deal with what's going yeah. on because no one knows how to deal with it. Mm. Like you go to people and you're like, this is happening, this happening, what do I do? And no one knows what to do because yeah. no one, no one, no one's speaking about it. Yeah. And although like we are still in education now, but I think Brit is much different to like our secondary schools. Yeah, wow. And Save al me. although like our we, we, we weren't in secondary school that, that long ago, but like, I feel like even from then to now, I think there has been like a, a growth in what, I, oh my God, I, I could mean? not, that, that is what I wouldn't, that's what I was just going to say. And then I remember I got into Brit and my life changed. Yeah. And that school, I would always say, however tough it is, however draining it is, the hours you do, that school saved my life. And I would always say it. And all my family would sit there and say it now. That school saved my life. I would, I would be dead. Because I remember, I, we haven't said it yet, but I then went into, I then went to jump in front of a train. Whoa. And it was just before I got into Brit. And my life, I remember the train was coming and I was about to jump and your body freezes. I really fro froze and I was like, and I remember I screamed and rang Sweetie and then I got into Britain. Well, the help I got, I got what? the best help from, I went to the Morsley. The yeah, Morsley's yeah. like, I was so blessed to have the help I got. Um, and I, yeah, I just want to say how lucky I was. And I, I appreciated that so much. That saved me and me getting into Brit. I would not be alive if I did not get into Brit. Simple. So going back to that, like, that's crazy. We've, we've never spoken about that before. Mm. Um, what do you think, like, got you to that point where you was like, I don't know if I can, if I can take this anymore. Yeah. The years of bullying. And that not, is true. Like people, yeah. people don't think that bullying no. is that serious, but it really, really is. Please. I, I could not. Like right now, if anyone could see me, I'm like clenching my fist because it gets me so, I don't want to break the nails. But it gets me so angry. One, it would literally be one little word. Like someone would go to me, you're fat. Or my mum would say to me, yeah, you look fat in that. And all, it's all like the, the little things that, it's add, the little that build thing, up. Oh my God. The little things is what 
is what tips you over the edge. I would always say that. And that's with, if you look at nearly every single suicide, it builds up and builds up. A little thing, one little trigger. Maybe you've stumped your toe that morning and then you're, and then something's happened. Just a little thing. You, you go and do something stupid. Yeah. But I think this is just the world we live in. I think going from like that point in your life to where you are now, what do you think? There's been so much growth. Like, Thank you. Um, what advice would you give people who are LGBT but are like too afraid to talk about it or like are in the positions which you were in? Like if you have any advice for them, looking back at how you were then, like although it's super, super hard to say because yeah. you the mindset that you're in, it's hard to be like, oh, if I did this, this would have been different. But like, yeah. obviously there's so much more support. There's so many more people who are out there talking, like us two who are like out there talking about and yeah. being open. Um, so what, like what, if, if someone was like, oh, I'm going through this right now, what advice would you give them? I always say, I always get, I, I don't say fans, I say supporters message me and ask me the same thing. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I believe, and this is very strong and hard to say, bullying makes you who you are. They, you, I, I remember when you get bullied, you can't see the, the end, you can't see the light out of the tunnel. Yeah. But there is a light out of the tunnel. The best thing you can do is find a best friend, find someone you can console in and tell them and get help. Tell your family, don't be embarrassed. And I get that so many children, I already came out as gay in Brit. In year 10, like, I've gone through the years of saying I was straight and straight until I got into Brit. Mm -hmm. And I think just get help. And I I find it really hard because a minute ago when you were saying I had loads of things coming, but I can't think now. But it's just get the help. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And bullying can be a good thing. I say bullying has made me who I am now. It is true. It's it's the the experiences that you go through get you to where you are. Like as of right yeah, now, yeah, it sounds awful. I wish I I wouldn't wish this what my childhood upon anyone, but it makes it, you stronger. Yeah, and a part of me is like, bloody thank you so much for bullying me. You made me where I am. And I always say, I look back at the people now, and I'm like, look, I'm out here. We're changing people's lives. Me and you, we're we're talking about things taboo subjects. We're talking about things that people don't feel comfortable to talk about. And that's where the issue is. Yeah. We need to be able to talk about sex. We need to be able to talk about rape we need to be able to talk about everything homophobia and uh, thank you to the bullies thank you so much (laughs) thank you to the bullies amen um and i think it also goes back to like i think because we've got not necessarily similar similar families but both of our families are quite supportive yeah um and i think my mom i don't know about yours but like my mom was very much like whatever like she would she would kind of be, be like my worst critic yeah but then, but then, I it, can really it, relate. but it meant that I had like a thick skin. So, like, if someone was sending to me, I'd be like, okay, I've yeah. already heard it. I've and already this heard it. This is exactly what that, that's the thing. Like, that's why I say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, I remember when I met your mum at, um, at the drag show. Yeah, yeah. And it really, I didn't know it was your mum. I thought it was your friend. <laughs> She's very young, you know. Very... She's my sister. Oh, okay. Oh my God. I can't even call her sister. <laughs> Was it your sister or your mum? No, it's my mum. I'm a, it's I'm a, she... okay. No, I, I was just going to say, I call my mum sister. Do you? I thought you were just so going to say you call your mum sister. No, I call oh, her, I, call her I, I say sis sometimes because people genuinely do feel like she is actually is my sister. And I'm like, no, she's my I'm a, No, I, she's very young, beautiful and pretty. She's cute, but, um, she? I love her, but she really reminds me of my mum. Yeah. An amazing mum, but very critique. And it, I think my, do you know what? My mum, she's not very critiqueful. Because I'm very critiqueful. Of, I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm very critiqueful critique. of her. Yeah. But I don't. 
Yeah, she is my biggest. You know, I think my biggest critique is my dad, actually. Really? Yeah. Which is a good thing, but then we clash. Me and my mum, I don't know if it's a bit like you, we're so alike that you clash. Me and my mum, we're like sisters. We mm-hmm. will fight. We fight like girls. We fight like bitches. You and your mum probably do. Yep. But then the next minute, mum. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. We're like, if I could ring my mum and scream and tell her. It's like I a married hate. couple, yeah. isn't it? Me and my mum, we are like this. And there's times when I sit there and ring my dad, like, get me out of this house. Get me out. Like, I hate her. I hate her. Then the next minute, we're out at Hakkasan drinking a nice meal. <laughs> like, and we're out doing some shots. Like, we are it. best friends, but um, I think we're, I think me and you, we are very lucky to have a family like that. Well, I think we can be whoever you want to be. If I was to wake up and say to my family, let's face it, I want to be a porn star. Yeah, okay, they wouldn't be very supportive of it. But either but way, they would support you. I, either way, they will. And I think we're very lucky. Yeah. And to I have think. family like that. I think that's why, like, I'm so, like, okay, let's just talk about it. Let's mm. talk about what you've been through because there are so many people across the UK, across the world with that don't have the support from their families. That's, um, I, yeah. But are also going through similar things that we've Everyone can relate. Look, me and you now just talking, we've, we can relate. Yeah. We've had probably a little bit different upbringings, mm-hmm. but we can relate. Every, no matter what type of gay you are, if you're camp, feminine, really masculine, every gay person's going to get bullied once. Yep, true. I would, there's not one gay person, I don't even want anyone to even say anything that has not been bullied once in their life. I we can all that. relate to an extent. No matter how different we are, we can all relate. And even if people, straight people, they can relate, they've been bullied. I know the straight, loads of straight people still get bullied. I think what we're doing... But it's a different type, yeah, I it's think. Obviously, like yeah, obviously, it's definitely different a different type. But, but but then, no, you know what? I, don't, I agree, but then I disagree because I've got straight friends who are really camp. And being at Brit, come on, there's a lot of men who say <laughs> Everyone's that just sh- so like, let's just yeah, not for anything. Yeah, like everyone, like, there's there's boys like at Brit, I'm not going to say anyone, but they'll be like, they're really camp and they're yeah. straight. And I'm like, come on, I've got a gay jar. I'm like, beep, 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 yeah. beep, the gay jar's going <laughs> off, but they are straight. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, like, I think. But then I think that's that's really cool though, because like, I think coming from where, where you're in a school where it's like boys are super mm. masculine to coming to a school where p- you can be straight but also be super confident in yourself. I yeah. think that's incredible because I think that is actually how society you can actually, be. Yeah, you can actually be yourself. Like, yeah, yeah. I always say, this is why I think I never came out or why no children come out at a young age because gay is used as such a negative term. Oh my God, you're so gay. Oh my God, those shoes are gay. Yeah, oh yeah. my God, look at your top. That's so gay. Uh-huh. It's used like... It's like a slur. It, yeah, it's a slur. And don't get me wrong, I think I think all of us have sat there. I think me and you have probably sat there and gone, oh my God, darling, you look so gay. Like, we all do stuff like that. Yeah. But I think we use it in a positive term. And if you can't, you've got to joke about stuff now. Yeah. Like, let's turn something we got bullied into, gay, 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 into something funny. Let's just do that. And I think that's why a lot of people don't come out at a young age because it's used as such a slur. If it wasn't such a slur, then, honey, we'll all be gay. Yeah. And there's a difference between saying it in like a in a positive way to saying it exactly. in like a negative way. It's, yeah. it's all about the, the intentions behind it. Definitely. Um, so you're also like an Ibiza queen, aren't you? Oh, darling, stop. <laughs> I'm... She's an Ibiza queen. Oh, please. Talk to me about Ibiza. What What was your time there like? So... And you're going back soon, are you? Yes. Yeah, so fingers crossed, touch wood. You know, we don't know. We don't know where the TV career's taking me or the influencing career. So I'm, I've got about five different jobs. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm here, there and everywhere. I'm just waiting for a one good job to then me decide my future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But Ibiza, wow, it's 
it's my home. I call that home. If you go on my Instagram bio, it originally until like last week, it was Ibiza in capitals. I was pretending I've been there for about five years and I haven't. <laughs> I but was born in Ibiza. Yeah, I see, it goes Ibiza, London, America. Yeah. But now it's London, Ibiza, America. But um, yeah, my family live there. Some of my family, they're really super successful out there. And it's just, do you know why I love it? You can walk there and everyone loves everyone. You could walk naked and no one would blink an eye. And that's why, and I, I remember saying it when we did the drug show, you can be yourself and that's why I love it. It's my, I call it home. Like, even if I live here, I'd be for my home. When I'm there, I could leave and my family would be like, oh my God, Elliot, we love you, but you look like an absolute prostitute. What are you doing? I'd be like, I love it. And I walk down the street and everyone's like, eh, muy bien, muy bien. Putana, putana. I'm like, eh. She's got the full bum out. I hey, love it. Honey, oh my God, I walk down that street like I'm a prostitute. She's the not men coming love to play. It. No, we don't play games. They can look, they but can't you touch. can't touch. Amen. That's the real two. That is it. Um, so talking about the drag show, so obviously you were, like we were like organising it together. Yeah. That was super, super cool. Um, it was. It's the only drag show which happens at a school across the whole of the UK. We which was, I was the amazing. first ever UK junior drag show. Yeah. In a school. Yeah. In the UK, but I want to say the world, and it probably was the world. I think so. I th- well, honey, we made history. When don't we make history, please? <laughs> True. When don't we make history? Um, so that was really really cool. Also, I think we should talk about your like TV debut with Miss Stacey Dooley. <laughs> Working nine till five. Working nine till five. What was that? that, When did that come out? That was like a year ago, was it? Well, do you know what? We filmed two years ago. Whoa. And it came out a year ago. Everyone thinks TV, you film and it comes out. Um, No, such a long process. Years. Movies take years. I think like the longest running movie was the new Beauty and Beast one. It was like four years in the making. Whoa. Obviously, mine was not Beauty and the Beast. But You're the beast. I'm the beauty. Darling, please. Rose, switch <laughs> roles. Come on. Um, but yeah, so I was really blessed to have the opportunity with um, the BBC yeah. to go and film an amazing... It was, guys, all of you need to watch it. It's up for five years on BBC iPlayer. Um, the 9 to 5 station. It is Tell hilarious. Me. It is. And I'm not so going to lie. I, as much as I don't want to say it, I was the entertainment in that show. And anyway, I think anyone would say it. Like, the amount of memes that was made of me was ridiculous, but... You know what they say? Bring it my way, darling. But um, yeah, it was. Did you learn amazing. anything from doing that? Do you know what I actually did? Everyone thought I'm just going on it because I want to go on it. Like it's TV, TV. But yeah. I learned. Like I've got a job now. I've got an amazing job now. I've I learned so much. And I think I found myself in the fact of working. Like no Tina. If I could get everyone to do the experience that I had, if everyone was fortunate to have the experience that I had doing the show you would come out of life looking completely different. Like, now I value money. Originally, I didn't value money, but now when, instead of going to Topshop to buy a pair of white socks, darling, I'll go to Primark and said £2.50 for five pairs. <laughs> the Primark socks right now. <laughs> but you, you get what I mean? Like, yeah. you really, I really learned how hard it is as a teenager to earn money and how hard it is to live in London. Yeah. And how grateful we should be to our parents as well. Like, uh-huh. I did two weeks of work like four days a week and we still had lunch breaks. We were filming, like it wasn't work, work, work. But our parents have done this for what, let's just say your mum's 40, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. She's been working and well, honey, I don't it think any sure, like, teenager knows what's coming their way. Definitely in rent and bills and tax and food and water. Like 
I thought water was free until like three weeks ago when I found out you had to pay for tap water. So stupid. I know, darling, but you know. You know it we is. We move, we move. Thirsty queens. Um, so yeah, you why did... do we pay all this rain? Why don't we capture the... This is my new invention. We're going to capture the rain and sell rain. Honey, you got to filter that water before you drink it. No, do you know what? Do you want me to say a bit of my guilty thing I do? Okay, maybe maybe people in here can relate, but I would sit there with the tap. And you know when you wake up in the morning at four in the morning or you just come out from a night out and your mouth is so dry? dry. Do you know what I did this morning? It was really bad. You go to the toilet and drink the water. Not from the toilet, from the from the tap. Does no <laughs> like, one do this? No. Oh my God. Do you not lay in the bath and drink your bath water? <laughs> ah! Oh my God. No. What do you mean drink your bath water? Say, and like, when I say drink just, my bath water, like, like you put it in your mouth and you spit it out. There's not even any, There's like there's, you're not even in the bath. You're just laying in the bath just with the tap on, with, just in your mouth like that. Oh my god, no, this is too sexual now. <laughs> no, but I would literally... Do you know if you do... Th- You're all making me sound like animals. I bet you when you go home, you turn the tap on and you sit there drinking the bath water. And when you, are you telling me if you've not come out on a night out, I'm scared of the dark. I can't go downstairs with the werewolves and the bats. I'm going to want to go upstairs and just drink from the tap. It's the same water. Well, I, I, li- I live in a flat, so I don't need to... I don't have that problem. Wow, you live in a flat? Yes, I'm, a, I'm an apartment queen. Wow! Oh my god! I didn't know, you know how much I'm saying my mum's getting an apartment, it's but we so- can't because the neighbours, my neighbours, compl- I live in a detached house and they complain now. Really? Let alone living in an apartment, it's too much. It's too just, much. I'm too noisy. I'm too noisy. Way too noisy. Um, so the drag show Ibiza, ninety five percent of Lee. You also just did a, a gender neutral campaign with pretty, pretty pink princesses. Is yes. it princesses or princess? Princess. Prince. Pretty Pink Princess. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, let's just say PPP. Pretty Pink Princess. Universus. Universus. Yes, so... Tell me about that. Well, I've... I've always... The pictures are cute. The pictures are cute. I know, right? I turn those straight men gay. But, um... Who did did the mug? (laughs) It wasn't you, was it? Oh, please. (laughs) How do you think I could do that? I could maybe do my drag makeup. I was like... I was sitting there with poor Sammy... Which was... SJ. SJ. Sammy Joe. She was helping with my makeup. Like, I saw on. it and I was like, wow, no, why, was, why did he not win this out? It was a really big professional shoot. Like, I yeah. was, they sent me up to Liverpool. I stayed in the Shankly Hotel. Um, and the, let me just tell, I'll tell you a bit, but I feel like we haven't talked about the influencing career. So I'll just tell you, I won't tell you about that yet. We can get onto the after, but I'll just say, so I found that I've always been really passionate about working. Clothes don't, this is my tagline, clothes don't have genitals while they've got genders. Mm-hmm. So for years on social media, I've been wearing women's clothes. And well, not years, I want to say like gradually, like once I've gradually found myself, then we added nails, then we added eyelash extensions. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to work with a label that believes in what I do. And I've never found all these humongous commercial labels. They just go where money sells, mm-hmm. which is girls with their boobs out, their bums out. Um, bikini wax and that's how you sell like they say sex sells mm-hmm. but I I know and I think you was as a really open um, like young gay individual that you you wear women's clothes there's such a market now I know ASOS did a they saw a market and they now do men's crop tops but I've have you any of you ever gone on Pretty Little Thing Boohoo Opoly and swiped up and seen a boy wearing women's clothes. No. Never. And I know so many people who wear women's, boys who wear women's clothes. Like, I know it. so many people that do it. And um, I've just, and I've been fighting and fighting, and I finally got somewhere. This is why they say never give up. And Pretty Pink Princess messaged me. It's a 
I think they're going global now. Um, they messaged me and they were like, we really want to work with you. Like they followed me for quite long and she's got like, she, Grace, who um, I think she's a creative director. It's creative directors as a CEO, right? Yeah. So she has watched me. She Before I think she wanted to get anyone modeling for the campaign, she, she really wanted to find someone who she likes and she's not just going to pay them to model and then, then live off. That's it. Yeah. She wants someone who would she, like. Yeah, so she's, I remember she must have been watching me for months, maybe even a year she's followed me. And then she, um, and then she messaged me saying like, we both have exactly the same ethos. We both want the same thing. We both feel the same. And I've always been very picky working with fashion brands because fashion brands always contact me. Like we want to work with you, but they only want to work with me just because I'm gay. Uh Not because they actually want to. It'll benefit them more than you. Exactly. And now I found a campaign. It was a lingerie shoot. But when we say lingerie, not everything was out. But, um, and we did it. And she, we both, like put our heads together. She really, she really put me on it. It wasn't like they just give you the money. They use your name and, and they use your content and that is it. We, and like, you don't get a say in it. We like, she would send me the outfits. I would say, yeah, I love, she would send me ideas. I would like agree. Some things I didn't like, I was really involved in the campaign. I think that's why it's become such a success Yeah, because I was so involved and we both felt exactly the same. Um, and yet it was amazing. I was so blessed to have the opportunity and work with a campaign that is going to go global. We are yeah. going to make history. It is true. Like that, that, like when I saw it, I was like, this is really, really cool. Because although like the clothes are still quite feminine, mm. even just having someone who isn't exactly. a female wearing them is like, okay, yeah, it's I, okay to like dress like that. Yeah. I wanted to break, break boundaries. That was my whole aim. Let's break boundaries. Mm-hmm. Let's have me with a full beat of makeup, my hair down. No one's ever seen my natural hair if it's not in a quiff. We had the natural hair out. You could see a fat row in a picture. It was like, we've never, I've never seen that. And I know so many people trying to fight for the same thing. And for me to have the opportunity to be part of a campaign. Um, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So going on to like you being in the public eye, you being an influencer, how is, what, what is that like? The hardest thing, I'm fed up. And you could probably say, even when you just take pictures, or even if you know influencing friends, I know you had um, the YouTubes on the previous episode, they can probably say the same thing. Everyone's like, oh my God, I wish you could sit there, like, I wish I could have your life, sit there, take pictures and get paid. No, it's not like that. Being an influencer is, you're very insecure. I'm not as insecure now because I've got the best support, but like, I can't go on a night out without getting a good picture. If I get a bad picture, my night's my night's ruined. Like you rely on a picture and a picture, and I don't like that. This is why my Instagram. I've changed my whole theme on Instagram now. That's not me. I don't want to be like everyone else. Yeah. But it's just so hard, especially with the way I am, like a boy wearing having acrylic nails and wearing wearing makeup and wearing a crop top and having my hips and bum or whatever out. Really, just creates a lot of hate and it attracts a lot of hate and the amount of hate if you we just go through my dms now i can guarantee you in the last 20 minutes we've received about two hate dms and about three positive dms oh i always say i i read the hate and i laugh at it and i just sit there and go i pity you you're so low in your life that you try and bring someone down who feels so good to make you feel better yeah that all i do is just pity it now and their positiveness 
rules out the negatives. Mm -hmm. That's how you've got to look at life. And that's how I look at it, that the positives just make me feel amazing. Like, I always say, one little thing, I, it was the other day I was on the train and I was having a really bad day. Then some woman goes to me, oh my God, your face, you're, like, you're really pretty. I go, thank you. My whole day was amazing. That's why I said like when I'm working. There's little moments. Yeah. Are like One little thing like, you could feel, you could feel really suicidal. And then one person goes, oh my God, you're like, you're really pretty. Or, oh my God, like, I love the way you are. The thoughts of suicide have gone out of your head. Yeah. For the next day. It's like, just those, how, you just have to little, cherish those yeah. people who are supporting you. And that's exactly what I do. Like, I would walk around the street and someone would be like, oh my God, can I get a picture? Like, I'm, I'm not famous at all before anyone wants to say anything like that. But, that makes me go, I'm going to keep doing it. Like, and there's moments, don't get me wrong, I say there's not, but there's moments that I feel like I'm not getting anywhere in life and I'm yeah. stuck at a standstill. And then someone would, like, coincidentally, someone would be like, oh my God, it's Ellie. Or people like be like, like, girls, I think they think I'm quite intimidating. I get the same thing. Because I'm very tall and I, people think on my Instagram, I'm really like... Yeah, like very intense. Yeah, and very intimidating. And when they see me, they're like oh my God, like it's him and they'll smile at me and I'm like, hi girls. And then they'd feel really comfortable to talk to me. Yeah, of course. Um, But yeah. It's cool. Thanks I think, so much. like going, we're going to like change the tune a tad. Yeah, like, let's do it. In the, so obviously you're in the public eye and you get judged and you get negativity a yeah. lot. Um, In the past, people have accused you of making your skin appear a little bit darker than it is naturally. Yeah. And especially at the moment with like Kylie Jenner, Cultural appropriation is a huge issue. I'm not saying that that is necessarily yeah. what, something well, that you've done. With Kylie Jenner? Uh, I think her like doing braids and like she's she's like appropriating okay a culture which she isn't a part of. Yeah. Um. What are your opinions on that? And what do you think when people have said that about you in the past? Do you agree with that? Do you have you like changed certain things? Okay. Well, obviously, I have to be very careful how I word things now. Yeah. But I'm very open and I say, I don't sugarcoat, I say it how I think. And I think how, I say it how society thinks. I don't sugarcoat stuff. Just because this was like a thing that yeah, like, oh my God, someone, you, someone yeah. brought it up. Yeah. I remember it was, I remember when all this came out, it was last year about me using the wrong colour foundation, which, okay, let me just get it out here. I'm, I'm very dark, like I'm olive skinned, okay? Mm-hmm. My body is a lot darker than my face. I think a lot of people have olive skin. Or I think on a lot of people, like maybe your arms are darker than your face. So I then also go on some beds. I've just come back from my beef. So I, that tan's very intense. But my face isn't because I'd be on holiday and I'd be wearing makeup. Your face doesn't really have a chance to sunbed or, yeah, like, yeah. to get the sun or I'd be wearing a baseball cap. And we, we did the drag show and it wasn't even drag show, but just in general. And people were like, oh my God, you're black fishing. And... No one can ever come to me and call me racist or homophobic. That's one thing I would say I'm never not, because racism and homophobia, although it's different, is very alike. Yeah. It's very bad. And um, when I found this out, I was mortified because I was matching the colour of my skin to my body. If you, we look at the pictures now, we can see the colour of my hands was the colour of my face. And even if it was a tiny bit darker, to, are you, do you know how hard it is to actually find the right kind of skin tone? when it's a holiday tan. There's not colours invent... There's not makeup brands who sit there and invent a holiday tan. They invent colours that people are normally... So they're normally, like, a bit more white and normally black, stuff like that. And I, I just... It really went in for me. And then I remember I had cane rows as well, braids. And then there was another thing about cultural appropriation. And I thought, 
you couldn't braid your hair. This is what I'm going to get. I don't care if it offends anyone. Braiding your hair is not cultural appropriation. I don't believe it is. And I'll tell you why. You can braid your hair. It's a plait. It's a plait. Are you going to tell me that years and years and years ago that there was not white people that went around in, um, that went around wearing braids? There was people like, just say like, when, when we're doing a drag show, we put our hair in cane rows because then we put a wig on top. And I think people are just really touchy. And I know the world 2020 is very touchy, but I think if we're going to start getting petty, this is where ridiculousness starts. This knife crime at the moment happens over petty things. Yeah. And I think just as a society, I did not, and I don't care what anyone says I was not racist. I was not blackfishing or anything because I don't even want to hear that. I understand how people might, that's people's opinion. They can feel that way. But as long as I personally know I didn't, I didn't. Um, and then going back to the cane rows with like braids in my hair and stuff, I remember that was a big thing. And I was like, no, I'm expressing my expressing my individuality. If I want pink put in my hair in braids, I'm not being racist. I'm not being, I'm not blackfishing. I'm expressing myself. And I'm, I, I just, I, I'm not having that. But yeah. I think it was more like, I think the reason why I think people were, maybe got a bit offended is I think it's it's more of a personal thing where they're, yeah. they're feeling like you're I don't know you're using it as a way of I'm not sure there's there's so many different reasons and I think yeah. it is it is something which people will get offended by yeah which and, I, I, and I think so I, and I think they do like sometimes it is like the way they feel is just because yeah um it seems like you're I don't know I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's a really interesting it's, topic. Yeah, and it's quite hard to talk about now because society is so sensitive. But I think if we want to start getting petty, let's sit there and say, for example, the Brazilian culture invented, well, not invented, but twerking was a Brazilian thing. Mm -hmm. It was humorized. That's a Brazilian thing. Like, and then, but, and then that's like saying if a white boy or then a black girl starts twerking, then, then we're being cultural appropriation. Because they didn't invent that. The Brazilians invented that. And then it's... It, I think it's a bit like anything. Just say slim waist, thick thighs. Slim waist, thick thighs happens a lot in the black community. And like looking thick, having a big bum. And then when white people go and get a BBL, are we then being racist because we then want to have a body like theirs? I think just society now is very sensitive. I get if, if I was pure white and I put on a black foundation... Totally understand. Yeah. Point proven. That's racist. That's black fishing. But when I'm looking at my body and I'm matching, maybe we're a tiny bit darker than my face. And it's not like I've then gone and edited it and made my face more black. I haven't done that. It wasn't, my face wasn't black anyway. Then that's where there is an issue. I think it's like, as long as like the whole time you're just aware that that is a yeah. thing that people are obviously going to say yeah. because. Um, it's the first I've heard of it. And it's fake tan as well. Are yeah. you then saying that when you wear fake tan, you're trying to be a different race? There are so many different layers exactly. to it. And like people are going to get offended by certain things people get regardless. Anything these days. But I think it is like, it's super, super interesting. And I think just as long as it's something which like, you're aware of that's sometimes yeah, what people oh my, think. Then that's, do you know what? And I sit there and say, I listen to what everyone thinks. Whether I choose to adapt it to me and adapt it to my personality, that's another issue. But I, I've, validate everyone's opinion i'm the most accepting person for anything if anyone has an issue if i was to hear a racist comment 
I would be the first one on it. Yeah. I'm loads of my black friends, loads of my friends are black. If I, I'm not racist, like, and that's thing. That's one thing that we really need to get across. And something that I just, I remember I went on social media and I did a massive thing and I've talked about something that people don't talk about. People don't talk about black fishing. Yeah. People don't talk about stuff like that. And when I talked about it, everyone blew up like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, how are you doing that? How are you saying that? And I was like, this is how I feel. And I think this is how many other people feel, but they don't have the confidence. They don't have the following to talk about it. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to break a boundary. Uh Let's do it. And I think, yeah. Yeah. We got there. It was fine. We got there. You know what? I I did have a bit of funny flutters then. I was a bit nervous (laughs) because you know what? I'm really bad with like subjects like this. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. I think like, um, kind of going off that, obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's so, I don't know if it was because obviously I don't have as much, as big of a following as you do. So I don't know. We're getting there, baby. We're getting there. Um, A couple of days. (laughs) Give it a few hours. Um, No, (laughs) I feel like um, it's, Obviously, I don't post. I didn't. I have never posted as frequently as you had or yeah. have. Um, so, like, do you? Did you feel like there were certain times where you were just posting things or doing things just to please the audience which you had? I could not relate to what you said enough. I a million percent. That was like. I I'm. This is why I've changed my whole Instagram ethos. I would post and. When I upload on Instagram, I want it to be the best quality. I don't want it to really be edited. I don't want it to be this. I don't want it just to be me just being like, oh, I want to sit on the sofa and just take a picture and Mm -hmm. upload it. I want it to have a meaning behind the picture. I want me to sit there and plan the picture. I want to get the best content because I think my followers deserve the best. Yeah. So that's why I remember I used to upload every single day without doubt. The only day I wouldn't upload would be a Saturday. And that would be my day off. But I had no life. My life would be revolved around uploading Instagram pictures. What life is that? And getting pictures. I would I wouldn't go into school some days because I would need an Instagram picture for that night. Like it that's awful. And now I think and I think people started to click on that. Mm-hmm. Pe- companies started to tell that I was posting, but it wasn't sincere. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do that. Like when you want to be an influencer, you just running you're like, okay, I've got to take pictures, I've got to upload. But good companies want the best behind. Like they want the best meaning behind a picture and that's how you get the best content and my followers deserve that true right we're gonna have to wrap it up soon okay but you, you you've been amazing so far thank you so much um but that is true just really quickly i think going off that i think it's also not only because when you have this audience i think it's so important to like sometimes cater certain things that you do for them because they're obviously they're supporting you yeah but i think also what is really important is having like a support system, like some friends who are going to tell, be super mm. honest with you about everything. Definitely. Like tell you whether or not you're posting something which is a bit like, oh, that's a little bit yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Um, Breaking boundaries. Or like having your family who are super supportive. I think it's all those things which come into play. Um, and I think you you know that now, like going, comparing like some of your posts from like a year ago to some of the posts you're posting now, like there's, it's like totally different, I think. Thank you very, very much. Um, and I think that does come with like growing and being more self-aware. Yeah. Um, so to like kind of come to a conclusion, yes. what other things have you got lined up for the rest of the year? What does Elliot's 2020 look like? Well, I've just been signed to a, a new management. Exciting. Which is amazing. Um, on the box PR. Um, so I'm super excited to be working with them. Um, and 
I don't know, hopefully some new collaborations, hopefully some new companies. We've got some, if I do end up moving to Ibiza, then that might happen and we've got to have some opportunities out there working in some world's biggest nightclubs dancing. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, I think I've got, let's touch wood, fingers crossed, we've got a really good future. Yeah. We've got a good year coming. If certain things fall into place, we've got it. We're yeah. going to, this year, everyone, I'm not going to say, I can't say, you know, we're under contract, <laughs> but get ready. Just, I'm going to, 2020 is the year of me. I'm turning 18. I'm going to be a new person. Like, not even a new person. New I'm, year, new me. New year, well, I think everyone says that every year. Every year. Like, new year, skinny me, no thank you. But we're going to break boundaries this year. I'm going to do things that no one's ever done. Take things as it comes. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. So we can follow you on Instagram at Elliot Wright, E-L-L-I-O-T-T-W-R-I-G-H-T. T. Period. You're on YouTube now, are you? Yes. Um, it's it... in my Instagram bio. Cool. So just go to the Instagram and you'll find everything. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. We got through so much. Is there anything like you want to... You want to say, but before we close off, clothes don't have genitals, rather, they've got genders, and just be you. Do not change for anyone. People are going to come for you. You're too good. Don't rise to their level. Haters are going to hate, but they motivate. And there we have it. On that note, thank you so much, Elliot Wright. I really, really thank appreciate you, so you being much. here today. Um, it's been a great episode. Love you. Thank Love. you so much for listening, guys. I'll see you on the next one. Bye. <laughs>